0: Before we start this episode, I just want to say that our thoughts are with everybody impacted by the coronavirus and wish to give a continual thanks to all our frontline workers putting their lives at risk to serve their greater communities, to all our doctors, nurses, our incredible NHS staff in the UK, couriers, delivery drivers, teachers, store workers, and apologies if I forgot anybody but just a huge thanks to everybody making sacrifices for the communities. Please keep safe everyone and hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 8 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be breaking down the AFC South, a very intriguing division indeed. The Texans were obviously much talked about throughout the free agency period with some of the transactions that they've made. Uh, Colts have obviously traded away their first uh, in order to get some defensive help. You've also got the Titans who were very close to making the Super Bowl last season. And of course the Jags, you know, who could be a bit of a surprise, could be in a rebuild, but let's see what the fans think. So Let's get down to business with the AFC South. But before we do get started, just want to give a shout out to regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is the intro music on our podcast to Natasha, wife of Chiggs, who specifically, well, in particular, I should say at this time is allowing Chiggs a lot of time to work on the podcast as we are trying to speak to fans and representatives of all 32 NFL teams. Uh, So thanks a lot for all that, Natasha. And of course, finally, to the NFL lads, Uh, just a great community. They've been supporters of ours on this podcast. Um, You know, over 30,000 fans. Um, You should check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Good community of fans. Just, you know, a lot of giveaways, a lot of fun things posted on there. So, yeah, that's the NFL lads on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. So next up in the AFC South, we have the Indianapolis Colts. And representing the Colts, we have Ernest. How are you doing, Ernest?
1: I'm well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: No worries. When I was thinking to my friends who are Colts fans, I couldn't think of a bigger one than you. And uh, I thought it'd be a great win for us if we could get your insights on the podcast. And um, of course, you know, we did have a side bet last year for $5 on who'd have the better season Colts versus Jaguars. And I do still owe you that. So expect that to come in pennies at some point. When when I'm next in Houston,
1: I loved it. I always pictured it as there's an episode of South Park where Kyle loses a bet to Cartman, and Cartman rolls around in Kyle's money and change. So <laughs> I think that's where I wanted to where I wanted to go with this one. So,
0: oh dear, I'm not looking forward to seeing that picture.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Ernest, uh, our our friendship's kind of a strange one. We met, I think it was just over four years ago at a dive bar in San Antonio uh I think we clicked when we talked football I think you were quite surprised that a Brit knew a bit about football um and uh so yeah we had uh, you know one night where we met but been you know been friends on Facebook since and it's actually coming up to four years that you've now gone sober so you know it's been very inspirational following your story and um you know uh just to think it's been great that you've been able to stick to it and you're now happily married as well so um it, it's, it's a cool story and um, you know I look forward to meeting up again but uh how, how, how was that sort of initially and did it get easier over time just you know if there are other people thinking about something like that
1: yeah For if anybody else was thinking about changing lifestyle such as I did it was just A decision that I felt like I had to make for to better my life and when I wanted to when I saw myself you know that everybody asks you your five-year plan where do you see yourself in the future Uh, where I saw myself wasn't I wasn't able to reach that goal unless I made a drastic life change so um, that was something that I wanted to do and I was fortunate enough to meet a woman who was also working on her sobriety so together we made it a little bit easier on ourselves having each other so here we are four years later happily married and two crazy kids
0: so ah, that's incredible uh, it's, it's very inspirational and uh, I know I know our fans listening uh, can't see your outfit but you are indeed wearing your Colts jersey with a very fetching hat so I'll I'll put that picture on our social media if you could just send a picture of that to me we'll make sure people can see exactly how you appeared on this podcast episode uh, <laughs> I pre- appreciate the effort you've gone through so, um, honest, let's let's hear it. How did you get to becoming a Colts fan? What's the sort of story there?
1: Well, I was raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, my dad took me to my first Colts game probably 1990. Um, there's always a famous story with myself and my family where they knew I would always be a diehard Colts fan was the 94 AFC Championship game, the infamous Jim Harbaugh Hail Mary at the end of the game, which Aaron barely dropped. And I was 10 years old, and I ran up to my room crying like a little, little baby. And they they all knew since then that I would be a crazy Colts fan. And to this day, I still love my boys in blue. So,
0: Yeah, and um, as, as a Broncos fan, we do a debate whose legacy Peyton Manning holds sort of dearer to the Broncos or the Colts. So I don't think we'll ever, ever f- firmly agree on that, but uh, you obviously know, made a great decision.
1: A debate, but, you
0: know. <laughs> so um, you told us a story about how you went up crying in your sort of formative years. So was that the same when Andrew Luck retired quite suddenly last year? That must've been quite painful.
1: It was painful. I was at work. Um, I wait tables here in Houston. Um, I, I was just at a computer putting in an order for one of my guests. And I had a coworker that it's the boy that cried wolf. He came up and he said, Hey, Andrew, look, we're tired. I said, get out of my face. I'm busy. <laughs> so I finally take a moment to pull out my phone and look and sure enough he had and for the rest of the night i think my tables um weren't too happy with my demeanor for the rest of the evening maybe my tips reflected that for the rest of the evening uh but it, it was crushing thinking about what was going to happen for the rest of the season so
0: so how do you feel about jacoby Brissett and how we did last year sort of stepping in from backup to you know starting qb <clears throat>
1: Jacoby Brissett is a baller. And let me tell everybody that listens to this right now, he is. Um, he stepped up with a tremendous amount of pressure. He showed that he could be a National Football League quarterback. Uh, he did get hurt midway through the season. And, you know, we uh, he showed that he can play. But he got hurt. He tried to come back too soon, I think. And I think it, his play reflected that at the time. He's not necessarily, I like their move, picking up Phillip Rivers, though, to put him back into a backup role because um, I think the Colts have bigger plans without him right now.
0: So you do think that eventually he takes over as the starter? or
1: You know, it, it's hard for me to play couch GM. Um, <laughs> I think Chris Pallard is a, a genius. I think he's building a really, really nice team there like he did in Kansas City before he was let go and um i i don't i honestly if it was if i had to take a guess i don't think that he'll be the next starter of the colts i think they'll draft they'll find somewhere else but have them as a or trade them and see what we can get for him
0: yeah and as as the Bears showed with giving up a fourth for nick folds teams do give draft capital away for <laughs> uh sometimes subpar qbs um so let's see but Philip Rivers, you know, that was the biggest sort of splash in free agency from a Colts perspective. You must be excited to get a veteran, uh, proven QB in Rivers.
1: Yeah, and the the key word there is proven. Um, and for me personally, as a fan of sports in general, uh, you have guys like Kobe Bryant and Tiger Woods, and that just show that desire to win. I think Philip Rivers is one of those guys. He's a competitive guy. He wants to be out there. He wants to win every Sunday. And regardless of his age, he's going to do everything. And he's going to compete to try to get us some Ws and see how far he can take us.
0: Yeah, and you also made a very aggressive move, giving up your first, which was the pick 13. So fairly early to get to Forrest Buckner. Are you happy with that transaction?
1: Um, I am extremely happy with that transaction. Now, a lot of Colts fans may say we needed to go out, draft a quarterback with 13, draft a stud wide receiver with 13. And for me, as I look at the Colts over the years and just the years of myself being a fan, is we have always been a team that has had a hard time stopping the run. And I think that he fills that much-needed hole in that department which opens up the game for an already pretty talented uh, secondary that we have, uh, a bend-don't-break mentality, if you will. So I think that it's a really, really good move. And Chris Ballard, again, is he's working his magic.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good insights. So then looking ahead to the draft then, what do you think the Colts do with the draft picks that you do have? I know you've given up your first, but you know what are the other needs you think they'll try and address uh, across this draft?
1: Well, you know, after we went out and we also signed uh, Sheldon Day, we signed Xavier Rose to a one-year contract, and that, that's a hit or miss, uh, um low risk signing there with him and the secondary. Um, I think through free agency, they've taken care of a few needs that we have, so I do see them going wide receiver, tight end, um, maybe another piece of the secondary after the draft. Now, as to who those people are, um again it's hard for me to sit here and play a, a couch gm and i just put all my trust in ballard because you know he uh, he proved a lot of people that he knows what he was doing especially with picking darius leonard and going out and uh, drafting quentin nelson with his top 10 pick And i like to sit back and watch him work his magic
0: yeah i mean it's very rare you talk about a guard but uh quentin nelson is just phenomenal what, what a pick and uh almost even just two years in the league it seems like a surefire hall of famously so as a fan you must just love that love that pickup as well yeah uh so okay let's talk about then from a uh you know we are fantasy podcast so at yeah. the moment you know we've touched on qb and rivers i think is a great addition and i'm glad that he's gone from the afc west as a broncos fan uh see what the Chargers do. But then at running back, what are your thoughts on Marlon Mack? Uh, you know, he is sort of the lead guy, backed up then by the likes of Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Yes. Do you think Mack is the guy, or do you think you'll look to add to that room?
1: I am a very, very firm believer that Mack is the guy. Um, we also just signed Roosevelt Knicks at fullback, which I think will really, really help open up our run game. In addition to our already amazing offensive line, now having Philip Rivers there outside of uh, replacing Jacoby Brissett, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that the decision making is gonna be a little bit better. Open up our passing game, which will allow Marlon Mack to have a career year this year. That's um, what I'm predicting this year.
0: Yeah, and he's he's never been someone who's been associated with sort of good catching. Um, so do you think that also opens up? Opportunity for Naheem Hines. Um, oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines, uh, how they how they sit on a depth chart, if you're talking about catching out of the backfield, Naheem, Naheem Hines is uh, second to none. I mean, he's, he's great. Great hands, can have Fast gets fast outside. Um, Jordan Wilkins had a really – what he did play last year, had some had some pretty good runs and some catches as well. But I think that one-two punch with Heinz and Mac is going to be gonna be seen this upcoming
0: season. Paul, is that any any of those you're looking to invest in, uh, either through trade or through startup drafts, Heinz or Mac? I'm not going to be giving you any of my quarterbacks, but yeah, I do like Mac. <laughs> um, I like Mac. Before I had him um, when he when he first came out, and then I dropped him when I shouldn't have, or traded away from him as usual. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I like Mac. I'm, I'm less convinced about. I, I think the Colts are going to be a good, yeah, a good team to watch this year. And I just the move of quarterback is is pivotal for them. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do be better. Really, I mean, Hilton wasn't, um, you know, Hilton wasn't what Hilton can be. But yeah, yeah. you know,
1: T.Y. spent some time injured last year, so that, that hurt
0: yeah so let's let's talk about receivers then, because you did draft very exciting player in Paris Campbell last year. Yeah. Didn't really get much of an opportunity you know is also injured that combined with T. Y. Hilton's injuries throughout the season, so we quite often saw a, a strange looking receiving you know receivers in the likes of Zach Pascal, uh Eric Hebron, Jack Doyle getting a lot last year. Do you think Paris Campbell breaks out? What what are the whispers you're hearing about Campbell?
1: From what I'm talking hearing from my friends in Apples that are able to follow the team on more of a daily basis through their local news is that they're seeing a lot of good work ethic out of this kid. You know, and I'm and I'm there's a lot of high expectations around him and Zach Pascal. Now, Pascal, you can see that he's you know, when going back to having Andrew Lucker on the ball. He's capable of some things, so I think that has a lot to do with the quarterback position as well, which Phillip Rivers will help. Um, but as far as Paris Campbell, I'm looking for him to have not necessarily a breakout huge year, but you know, his his homecoming, if you will, like uh, coming out and showing what he can do this year. Um, I do think they need to draft somebody a bigger body, and we'll, we'll see if they, you know, Ty falls into one of those uh, categories. Of, might be on the trading block to see what we can get, is what I'm hearing. So
3: so who do you think will have a higher fantasy value this year, T.Y. or Paris Campbell, if, if he remains on, on the Colts?
1: Oh, T.Y. for sure. I right, so he, he has, outside of his injury last year, he uh, has shown no signs of slowing down. I think you give him some time to get back and let him do what he does, form a connection with Phillip Rivers, and um, he's a hard worker the guy shows up every day he works and he he produces he's done it his whole career i have no doubts until he shows me that he can't play anymore he's going to be a great receiver for us do some work for us
0: yeah and do you think there's any other sort of potential breakout candidates who listeners may not have heard of you think may have an opportunity to shine uh this year uh, i mean i'm looking at For example, somebody like Chad Williams, who was at the Cardinals and fairly highly rated, but has never really done anything. You've got Darius Fountain, who again, you know, hasn't is quite new and hasn't really done anything yet. But do you think there's a breakout for any of your sort of uh, other perimeter receivers?
1: You know, when you're looking at the the Colts wide receiving core, it's uh, Fountain, yes. Um, I, I can see it. Um, but I, I want to see it. Uh, as far as predicting him playing well, it's kind of hard to do. My eyes are on, you know, the Pascals, the Campbells, the T-Wise. Um, Jack yeah. Doyle, uh, he needs to keep his hands on the ball, you ask me as a fan. <laughs> so fantasy-wise, I wouldn't have him on my team. I think he's a little bit of a butterfinger. But <clears throat> he's,
0: it's he's an- a great <laughs> ball. And it's funny you say that because um I, I quite often associate the Colts especially over recent years as being a team that utilizes the tight end in the passing game a lot particularly when you had uh, Ebron and Doyle but with Ebron now gone to the Steelers who, who do you think who else do you think could get a opportunity at you know catching passes from the tight end position
1: well, from a fantasy aspect, you know, it wouldn't, you know, late, late round pick, having Mo Cox on your team, uh, goal line situations it would probably be a good pickup. Uh, Jack Doyle from the tight end, he, you know, he'll run the field, run block, uh, catch some passes throughout the drive. But if you're looking goal line and you're looking to score some points, fantasy, I think that this could be a big year for Mo Cox down low.
0: Uh, another tight end with a pedigree in basketball eh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> okay and it's before you leave i do have to ask so with all the craziness that's happened particularly with the texans in free agency and losing one of the best if not the best receiver as a colts fan a you must be loving it but b you thinking this could be your year that you take the division again
1: <clears throat> i believe that the colts will win the division i think it'll Probably still be a ten win max to win the AFC South this year. I'm not too confident in uh, Ryan Tannehill doing the same thing he did last year in Tennessee. I think the Colts still have their number, but I think that the Texans, with their lovely GM slash head coach Bill O'Brien, have helped other teams in the division. So thank you, Mr. Bill O'Brien, for yeah, trading good. away arguably the best wide receiver. In the AFC, if not the NFL, and adding a uh, injury-prone wide receiver and Brandon Cooks, it's just—it's comical to me. <laughs> you know? I, especially living—I live in Houston, Texas now as a Colts fan. So when I get to talk to Texans fans, and I just mention, "Hey, what do you think?" and they just—they give me the face palm emoji. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. It feels good.
0: Yeah, don't worry. I spoke to a few of my friends in Houston, and they're all. Still to this day, livid. And I think they all just want Bill O'Brien the hell away from, <laughs> especially from that GM role that he now has uh, at the Texans.
1: It's good for everybody else in the South. Not necessarily the Jaguars because they have their own issues. But uh, for the Titans and the Colts, it's, it's they're great moves and we love them. We keep them coming. Keep them coming.
0: Excellent. Well, Ernest, I just want to say thanks a lot for joining. Really appreciate your insights. Uh, I'm not reneging on our bet. I will get you those uh, 500 pennies in due course and look forward to meeting again in um, Houston when I'm down there. But uh, no, appreciate the inputs and the insights and would love to have you on again to give your views on the Colts, so maybe after the draft some point. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me. I just wanted to I wanted to say it's awesome what you guys are doing out there. I know the love and the support that the people of the UK have given the NFL is awesome. Now, if we can just get you out of that Jaguar suit and then do a horse head, it'd be, it'd be a lot better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those Jag suits are very stylish. I don't think you can argue that much. <laughs>
1: yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me. We really appreciate it.
0: No worries. Appreciate you being on here. Take care. Thanks. All right, thank you. Okay, next up in the AFC South, we have the Tennessee Titans. And representing the Titans, we have Chris. Chris, how are you doing?
4: Not too bad, thanks. Yourself?
0: Doing very well, thanks.
4: It's good. It's crazy out there.
0: <laughs> it is. It's a strange time, but I think we're just getting used to the new way of living at the moment with everything that's happening. Uh so so Chris you are a Titans fan. Uh how did that come about? What what made you of the Titans?
4: Yeah, I, I, a lot of people ask that when when they find out. Uh I I think it was uh Eddie George was on the cover of Madden 2001. And um that was that was sort of the, it was it was Madden that got me got me sort of interested in NFL and the and, um so I was the Titans a lot in that game, and when it came to watching it, I kept an eye out for them. And the rest is uh, is history, as they say. A history of of mostly painful, painful defeat. Uh yeah.
0: yeah. And not, uh,
4: not not a great deal, not a great deal to cheer for until this season.
0: <coughs> yeah, you can't be accused of being a glory fan of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. any sort. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I don't I don't want to labour on it too much because I'm sure it's still quite raw. But you know, Titans were in the, had a great playoff. We're in with a chance of getting to the AFC. You know, sort of uh, final there. Have you had time to reflect on that run and what your thoughts are on that at the yeah, moment?
4: Yeah, I mean, I did not think we'd do that well. Um, I th- I I thought we would beat the Patriots in in the playoffs. Or I at least thought that we had a far better chance than than everyone thought. But I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, and I did not see that. That I did not see that result against against the Ravens coming, um, which was yeah, a- absolutely one of the one of the sort of peak moments of being a Titans fan, and then. There was, uh, you know, there was a there was a few few minutes there in the game against the Chiefs where you started thinking, oh, what if the Titans are going to going to make the Super Bowl, and and then uh, yeah, and then the Chiefs did their thing, but no, overall it was yeah, it was a good it was, it was a good season to 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 be a Titans fan.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you won over a lot of um, neutrals there as well, just with the way you went to foxborough and beat the patriots and then you went to baltimore and beat the ravens uh, especially the way the ravens played yeah it was a highly impressive viewing uh, of how you contained their offense and uh, really sort of control that game of course derrick henry was phenomenal as well which we'll uh, touch on shortly but uh, yeah you know very impressive viewing uh, so what are your thoughts uh, you know we'll touch on some of the specifics like the draft and free agency but just sort of where you are now what are your thoughts on the titans and do you think you've got a chance of winning that division i mean uh you know texans have made some interesting moves to say the least (laughs)
4: yeah uh that yeah i mean the the texans I, I I don't know what I don't know what can be said about about their free agency that, that hasn't been already said in a thousand different memes on on Twitter and on Facebook. <laughs> uh, that that Hopkins trade was uh, absurd. I, I no one understands that, and I certainly have no light to shed on the issue. But I I I can't. I'm not particularly worried about 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 the Texans. And I don't think anyone's particularly worried about the Jags at the moment. So yeah, I think we've got a very good chance of um, of, of winning the division outright this season. Uh, the, the the a big part of that is we're, we're we're keeping nineteen or twenty of our starters from from last season. So yeah, we're good to go. Yeah,
0: it'll Almost. be interesting. Um, uh, a friend who was on before you, who's a Colts fan, thinks that they're going to win the division and. Uh so i think it could be a very very strongly competed division this year because you know the texans uh, still have a lot of their core i know they lost nuke but uh, i'm i'm certainly going to be watching with interest to see um what happens in in that in that division so yeah. free agency then we'll just talk through some of the big highlights i mean i think the biggest moves were keeping uh, Tannenhill uh, signing him up to a long-term deal and of course Derek Henry on the tag so what are your thoughts on those two moves in particular?
4: Uh, I'm happy with them both. Uh, the both Tannenhill in, in particular um, I think it's you know I think it's reasonable if he can continue to perform like he did Last season, it'll be a bargain if he continues to perform like he did last season. But even if he does regress a little bit, I still think that's 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 pretty good value, um, and it's a it's a contract that we can that we can get out of relatively cheaply after um after a, a year or two. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, there were rumors of, of Tom Brady coming, but to be honest, I I was I was was, was happy with re resigning Tannehill to know what we got and. Yeah, trying to try sort of go one further than last season, and then Henry. Um, it's he was Derek Henry. I mean, I don't know what 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 or where we'd be with without him. So um, absolutely no um, no fear on using the tag for him. Apparently, we're discussing a a longer term deal, um, but for now, for for this season, yeah, pretty happy with those two.
3: You, th- you think you might have been better off if you tag Tannehill and sign Henry? Just kind of switch that around.
4: Um, potentially. Um, wait. I mean, I, we'll see. Um, the the, 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 the there's always debate raging about running backs getting get big contracts, and his would have been, you know, his his would have been up there. Um after really only one full season of, of performing. Um but for, for for me the 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 main thing was was making sure that they that they were they were both back. And yeah Henry's got sort of no issues playing with the with the tag and potentially trying to lo- negotiate something longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know two big sort of retentions um there. And then I mean outside of that, you did lose Jank Conklin to the um uh Browns, who's a yeah. very good right tackle. So that that's gonna be a miss. You did bring in some defensive players like Vic Beasley from the Falcons, who's proven himself to be very good. And then at tackle you got in sombrello as well from the Falcons. So um I mean without going through all the transactions, what are your what are your thoughts on free agency overall then, as a Titans fan?
4: Um I'm hoping free agency isn't over. Um we um have a uh, Casey wasn't so, wasn't wasn't part of uh sort of free agency and such but we traded him to the broncos for seventh round pick seemingly just to get rid of his his fairly hefty contract and um, and we've got that money hopefully to either re-sign uh logan ryan or to um uh to get clowney so um, hopefully, free agency is, isn't over for us. As I said, other than other than the guys we retained, I don't think that you know it. it it's it's going to be too much. There's going to be too much impact from from what we've seen. Jack Conklin, it, he will be on a good day. He'll he'll be a great loss. Um, but I think that people sort of outside of, of Tennessee fans perhaps have a higher opinion of him than um, than than sort of. Titans fans and and sort of media who um sort of saw every game when he you had a sort of a, a real rough patch in the middle. Uh Vic Beasley who knows um he uh, hasn't been hasn't been at his best the last few seasons he's not quite the sort of marquee sign he he would have been you know maybe sort of 2 or 3 years ago but um very still very happy very happy to to, to have him in there. Um, I'm sad to see Marcus Mariota go, he's my boy love Marcus, Um, I was rooting for him to the the death Um, maybe he goes to the Raiders and does to Carl what Tannehill did to him, but um, yeah as long as we're not playing him, I wish him the best luck
0: Yeah, so I mean, looking ahead to the draft with with that Mariota signing going it does leave your QB room quite empty, so do you think that's something you'll address with maybe one of your later picks, getting getting the backup to Tannenhill?
4: Um, there are a surprising number of mocks that have us taken um a quarterback without first or second round back. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, a real a real significant uh, real significant number as well. Um, sort of someone like Jake Fromm or Eason. Um, I don't I I don't see it. I don't see it personally, um, or at least that certainly wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be my preference. Um, but we need someone. Um, I, I, I imagine this year, though, that it, it'll just be another backup. Hopefully, better than Liam Garbutt, who was uh, lost uh, last call into action.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, in terms of then the picks, you know, you have got sort of pick twenty nine in each of the. <laughs> First three rounds, you've not really made any moves to acquire or trade away um, picks. So, what, what do you think then? What would you like for the team to do, and what do you think they will do with those first three rounds? It's
4: um, it's pretty crazy out there, sort of in terms of of, of people uh, sort of mock drafts and who people think the Titans are going to pick. They can't agree on a position, let alone, sort of let alone a name. Um, and part of that is because, like I said, if we uh, it's going to be very different if we sign Clowney in the next week or two, because um, a lot of a lot of people sort of have us taking sort of defensive line early, uh, sort of particularly uh, edge guys, and that could be impacted obviously uh, depending on whether we get Clowney or not. Same as whether we re-sign Logan Ryan. If not, then there's a good chance that we go quarterback with one of our early picks um uh, th- there is then also the yeah the the, the the whole tackle um we've got Kelly who stood in who'll probably be the starter but I I wouldn't be at all surprised to see um see some some offensive line help uh, but yeah maybe even, maybe even a couple of of, of picks on on our
0: and i mean we've discussed Derek Henry signing on um but do you think there's a chance that they go for an early by early I mean round one or round two running back and that with by franchising Henry they don't have to commit to him beyond one year so what do you think about that I mean I know you need depth anyway there's nobody of note behind Henry and Deion Lewis is now at the Giants but do you think an early-ish pick could be used or do you do you think that would be more sort of day three when you get running back
4: um I think sort of taking a taking a second round running back is something of a luxury pick, but um, I I I would not turn my nose up at all at someone like sort of J.K. Dobbins with our second round pick, who is one I've seen in, in a few mock. If he if he makes it, I so if he makes it that far. Um, and then there's AJ Dillon, uh, who uh, people are mocking to us a lot purely because of his size comparisons to uh, to Derrick Henry. Um, so maybe there's a maybe that's just our game plan from your own out is just find massive guys and hand on the ball. So, um,
0: <laughs> and do you think with Conklin going, is that going to harm Henry much? Uh, I didn't follow it intently enough to know who he sort of ran behind. But, you know, losing your starting right tackle, do you think that's going to have much of an impact on Henry? Or do you think you'll be able to plug that gap elsewhere?
4: He was a very good run blocking tackle. Um, if he if he, if he did have a, a weakness, it was definitely more the passing side of the game. Um, so there is there is a chance. I mean, the uh, the offensive line won't be as good week one um, <laughs> as it as it was at at, at its peak last season. But uh, at the same time, we've been plugging holes and. Uh, on our offensive line now for for years and um you know we've still had some, some very good Russian seasons like DeMarco Murray a few years ago um there's sort of a lot of the a lot of the same guys they play different positions on the line where it's not okay. ideal but uh yeah it's um I don't think it'll sort of dent his uh, dent his value too much.
0: Sure. No that's interesting and then Looking, you know, from a fantasy aspect, of course, the the receivers that stand out, are, of course, AJ Brown, who really had a great, great season last year, really showed up um, in year one. There's Corey Davis, who I think, you know, disappointed a lot of people with his production today. And then you have got a very, very good uh, slot receiver in Adam Humphreys. So how are you feeling about that? receiving core do you think davis could have a bounce back yeah which one of those three are you targeting in your um dynasty leagues in particular
4: none of them <laughs> um <laughs> i i i own um i own very little shares in in many titans players at all. Well, to be to be perfectly honest with you um i've seen them play long enough to to uh to, to back out um I've got a lot of Mark Marcus Mariota shares. I was a Marcus Mariota truther, uh, so yeah, maybe they'll come good. Maybe they'll come good one day. Um, I do like AJ Brown, but I think um, in in fantasy he is um, going. You know, he's he's going sort of extremely early. To, you know, I've seen him sort of go in, the, in in the second round of dynasty startups. Um, so while I do really like him as a player, I, I, it's it's not um it's not a price i'd be willing to play to, uh, to pay at the moment um cory davis he's he's another guy i'm, re- I'm re- rooting for um he's i i uh but again it's this could turn out yeah could turn out to be another mario situation but i'm definitely on, on team Corey davis if there is one of those that i'm going to be trying to pick up it's going to be trying to to pick him up on on the cheap, he's still he's still on the field. He still seems to get open quite a lot. Um, not there's not a lot of people pointing to any sort of deficiencies in his game as to why he's not getting the ball. And you know, call me up. Hopeless, uh, naive uh, fanboy, but I'm, I'm really hoping that maybe this year will be the year for Corey Davis. So, yeah, if there is if there is one of those to pick up, it would definitely be him. Uh, Humphreys clutched the damn guy, caught a few important, important balls this year, but he's not really relevant at all from a fantasy perspective.
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah, Corey Davis is one of these who's burnt me for a few years, and I'm just staying away now. Um <laughs> Uh, and fully accept that, you know, he's a high pick and there could be something great there, but he's burnt me far too often, like Amari Cooper, that I'm not drafting the guy anywhere. Uh, Unless, I mean, he falls to me really, really late and I think, well, I have to over somebody's, like, seventh choice running back or something. Mo, what are are your views on Corey Davis? Um, Do you think he could have a breakout? Do you think, you know, what he's done is sort of what he's going to continue to do?
3: Um. Originally, I'm actually my opinion was with Chris. There, I don't think he's gonna do much. But the but then now that you said that you're staying away from him, I think he. Yeah. Hey, I know you're lucky when you stay away from a particular player. Next thing you know, he booms. So he may have a little Amari Cooper situation go on now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Amari Cooper to move to the Cowboys. So maybe that's what
3: uh, Corey Corey Davis to to do to go somewhere. I, I, think I, I think I'm thinking I'm with Chris and all this. I, I don't I don't. I'm essentially staying away from any, everyone here. Um, AJ Brown, except for maybe AJ Brown and of course Henry. Um, I I don't, honestly I don't have any faith in any of the, any other any of the other because I think they rely on defense to start with. I don't really have much faith in any of the other players yet. I don't I don't think anyone's quite proven. So like you said, I think if someone falls to you, um, it'd be pretty nice. I mean I think Jonu Smith is an interesting option. He would be the only one that kind of piques my interest, as I believe I don't think many people are aware of him at this point.
4: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, Delaney Walker sort of officially gone, um, and it's all it's officially all Johnny Smith, and he's a yeah, he's 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 a real good sort from a from an athletic perspective. Started to put it (laughs) put it together um, last season, Um, and yeah, if if he takes a big step forward, there there could potentially be be a lot of balls coming his way.
0: Yeah, he's been a dynasty darling for a few years, and maybe with Walker officially out of the way, so to say, could be his year. But then Walker's been injured a lot, and John who hasn't always done much. So I think yeah,
4: that is the counter argument. He's 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 a fairly yeah fairly sort of divisive player in in that in that aspect. Um, Tanner Hill's the only one we haven't really mentioned for 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 fantasy, but, um, and. I think he's probably probably good value if you you know if, if you need a, a, a QB3 or a QB2 he I know he played uh he played a lot for me in a, a lot of the, the places I had in last year um and on a per game basis he was yeah he was he was he was up there with the big boys um I'm not saying that's going to continue but I think he's sort of quite good value if you're looking for a yeah for a sort of more of a a depth QB that can step in if needed.
0: Yeah, particularly as a lot of our leagues are Superflex Dynasty, so a certain value in having a QB, uh, or QBs, I should say, in Superflex.
4: Yeah, I assumed Superflex. I've never never done a one QB league, and I can't imagine I I ever will now.
0: Likewise, uh, they don't interest me for Dynasty. Okay, well, Chris, just want to say big thanks for joining and giving your uh, insights and inputs on the Titans. Uh, you know, good luck with the draft ahead and good luck with the season. I'm I'm certainly going to be very intrigued to see how the AFC South plays out. Um, I think it could be a very close three-way tussle between Titans, uh, Texans, and the Colts. But uh, yeah, no, good luck, and uh, just want to say thanks again for joining. Oh,
4: cheers! Enjoyed it. Thanks, hey, Chris.
0: thanks Chris. Bye. okay so next up in the afc south we have the jacksonville jaguars team that's very close to my heart team that plays in london every uh and many of you would have seen our uh fancy dress suits that we go in so it's always a great pleasure watching watching the jags either in london or abroad but uh so representing the jags first of all we have charlie charlie how are you doing
2: yes i'm very very well thank you and yourself
0: yeah doing good thanks just uh Trying to make the most out of this uh, lockdown situation at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Charlie, how did you become a Jags Absolutely. fan?
2: So, a couple of, well, a few years ago now, my, one of my best friends told me about Friday Night Lights. So, that's how I sort of got into American football with, with Coach Taylor and Tim Riggins and, and the squad. And around that time, my soccer team, Crystal Palace, and Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders did like a music video together which was all right. I watched it maybe once or twice. So I was like, okay, this is a good team to support. Um, my mind's made up. And just that was around when we drafted Blake Bortles. I, I had no idea what anything was at the time, but I remember him being quite good in his first preseason game versus the Bucks. I remember watching yeah. it live for some reason. And he was quite good. And there was a load of hype. And I was like, oh, this is, this is simple. Oh, this is the best team, the best decision I've made. And since then, they've been mostly hot trash. But yeah, that, that except was it. the one it was year bit they... of the one the one year that's that, that Miles Jack wasn't down and we should have gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But other than that, it's been mostly pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's always draft, it's draft season. So there is hope.
0: Always hope when there's draft season. Uh and also then we have a, a special guest, uh fan who actually lives quite close to Jacksonville. So Shaji, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing good. How are you doing today?
0: Yeah, doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining. So, Sharji, you also have a podcast. Um, it's the Wrestling Hooligans podcast, and we actually met at a couple of WrestleManias in the past, so uh, very fond memories of those WrestleManias. But uh, do you want to oh, give us a...
5: Great times. Great times over there.
0: <laughs> Especially in New Orleans. New Orleans was super fun, right?
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, we met in Orlando for the first WrestleMania. You know, you were with your Jinder Mahal flag and all that over there, weren't you? You had it there too, or no? Uh, I may have, but I definitely
0: had it more more prominently in New Orleans.
5: Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's where we met, WrestleMania. We met twice, two times in a row, and I go every year to WrestleMania. So this year was kind of like a sad year, especially with Orlando being, well, with Tampa only being three hours away from me, it kind of sucked, not being able to go. Because this would have been nine years in a row for me. But, cool. you know, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and WrestleMania is still going on. But yeah, so my buddies and I, the ones that all of us that go nine, you know, we've been there pretty much all every year in a row together. Um, we have a wrestling podcast called Wrestle Hooligans. And you can follow us on uh, pretty much all your podcast platforms. Just look up Wrestling Hooligans. We're um, on Instagram, Facebook. We're starting up YouTube right now, too. And you were a guest just last week on our podcast WrestleMania. So I was see you there, and yeah. thank you for being there for us.
0: Oh, thanks for the invite. That was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I look forward to well, listening we were, to wrestling. Rest for on. us, it was
5: like 11 o'clock at night. For you, I forget what it was like 4 p.m., 4 a.m.
0: By the time we finished, it was about 5 a.m. Yeah, or 5:30 a.m. I think. <laughs> yeah.
5: But, you know, we just drink and talk about wrestling, wrestling of the weekend. We usually do it every Saturday, unless there's some breaking news. But every Saturday night, if you want to join in the future, let us know. But every Saturday night, we're talking about wrestling. And then usually the episodes would drop either Monday or Tuesday. So.
0: Sounds good. A cheers to that. Uh, so talk talking Jaguars, then, uh, you guys had a very uh, active free agency. Um, you know, I mean, there were some big players lost as part of that so aj Boye, who i was delighted to pick up at the broncos of course calais campbell didn't get oh, a lot that, yeah. for him but but age Maybe. as well um some some players you got in i mean um you know tyler eifert at tight yeah. end kind of fills a need the big one was getting joe schobert uh, at linebacker from the you know the um browns i think that was a really good signing but i suppose uh, let's start with charlie charlie how are you feeling about free agency uh, and how that went down for the Jags? Uh, I
2: feel like we we got a lot of we filled out a lot of depth. but we didn't spend a lot of money. I know that Joe quite a bit, um, but he's just to replace Tolvin Smith, who kind of retired out of nowhere yesterday. Yesterday, last season. Um, I think we, we beefed up the defensive line with a few few free agents. In other years, in previous seasons, we've really spent a lot of money, and this was the first season where we've not. Since I've been supporting. So I'm I'm interested to see. Like we were right up against the cap anyway, so we didn't have much choice. We've got quite a bit of draft capital for this year and next year. So quite quite pleasantly surprised, and there's still quite a few free agents available. Um so let's see what happens. But it's okay. Ho hum.
0: Yeah. And Sharji, what are your thoughts on free agency moves?
5: You know, free agency move wise, you know, Clay's Campbell. That really, you know, living here in Jacksonville, you know, it was a tough one for our community here. People love Clay's Campbell. He did so much for the community. You know, I got to meet him a few times in person. Just very nice guy. And I don't think he was expecting it. But I'm happy for the team that he went to, Baltimore. I think it puts him in a big place right now. And he puts him as a Super Bowl contender for next year. Um, A.J. Bouye, you know, at least we got a fourth-round pick out of that. I didn't know what we were going to get out of that, but, you know, fourth round, not bad. So that, you know, adds to the amount of picks that we have this year. And then Nick Foles, we lost too for another fourth round pick, but at least we got something out of that, too, you know. And then Nick see all this cap room next year. But I was a Nick Foles fan. That's the thing. I kind of don't think the Jags gave him enough chance because everyone was loving Gar- with Gardner in this town. People just fell in love with the Minshew character. And... <laughs> didn't have a to play anymore. It's like the guy in his first play with the Jags, you know, scored a touchdown and got hurt. And he never got that chance to redeem himself. So, well, hopefully his future's bright, you know, where he's at now. Um, Otherwise, you know, they didn't really make big moves this week. Uh, I think everything was setting him up for this year and next year in the draft. Because even next year, you know, you got 12 picks this year. Then next year you got two more first round picks. So you're in a good position right now to get a really talented young team. And it can go either way for these guys. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think the biggest pickup this, you know, for free agency this year so far was Joe Schobert. You know, he's your middle linebacker right there. So much talent. So we'll see what he's got. You know, he's getting paid five years, about fifty million dollars. So you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. He's our big free agent this year, I think, so far. But I think there's more moves to come after this draft is over. But we'll see where they're at after this draft. So, so we'll I'll of, ask a
0: question. Uh, so I was going to ask Chiggs. Who uh, who would you think, if uh, Minchu is the starter at the Jags and falls at the Bears, who has the better fantasy season out of the two? <laughs> <So,
6: laughs>
0: Minchu mania,
3: baby. Come on.
0: See, see,
6: I, see, like Shard, you're saying, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Nick Foles. You know what, what he did in Philadelphia, um, and what he started to show before he got injured in in Jacksonville. Obviously, Minchumania took over, um, and there's a bit, kind of, a bit of a roller coaster, right? So, I, I guess one of my questions is going to be to you guys: Was you know, are you com- uh, comfortable like handing him the reins? And I guess from a fantasy perspective as well, like, what does that do for the receivers? You know, he had a nice sort of connection with, um. EJ Chark, right? So, you know, you, you, you see that continuing. Can he make that
2: step up to be like a wide receiver one? Or uh, For me, I love second-year quarterbacks. I think there's been a track record over the last few seasons of second-year quarterbacks improving, like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz. Plus, he's fun. And the reason I play fantasy is because it's fun. And if you don't like watching him play, then uh, there's something wrong with you. So, for me, I'm all in. But then again, I was all in on Blake Bortles, so you know, <laughs> maybe not one to be trusted. But I I like him. I think I think there will there will be an improvement, especially if we manage to get one of the top end wide receivers in the draft. Um you've got DJ Chark, you've got uh, Westbrook, Lee, Con- there are like some decent receivers there. I think he'll improve as as the team improves. So I'd be happy. But then again. Like I said, and, you know, about Blake for Bortles, me- so that comes over.
5: And that's where, you know, for me, Gardner, I, I like him, I like his character and everything. But I don't think he's a Jaguars quarterback of the future.
0: Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one because you've it, it's almost a risk-free move, isn't it? The fact that the Jags got a pick for Foles, I think is quite good, you know, really good for them considering the salary implications. Sorry. Yeah. But um, you know, with Minshew, if he does well, then Jags can build on two firsts this year plus the second, plus two first next year. And if Minshew doesn't, then, um, you know, they can look to target QB maybe in one of the early picks next year.
2: Yeah, exactly. At least, and like I said, at least it will be fun. In the meantime, either we'll be trashy or we'll be, like, sneakily good. So I'll, I'll make, I'm actually excited for the next, the next season to see how we get on. Okay,
0: so... We did mention the two firsts in the draft this year. So you've got pick nine and pick 20, which is the pick that, you know, part of the Jalen Ramsey trade. Uh, so what what do you think Jags will do and what would you like them to do uh, with those two firsts in particular?
2: I f- I think we should just not try and be too smart about it and just go for the best player available, like whether it be one of the wide receivers, we definitely need... I mean, you can make the argument that we need tackle help, guard help, another running back, wide receivers. That's just an offense. I mean, we need safeties, defensive back, defensive line and edge. So we can't really mess this up. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade down for picks next year. If we are going to go into this sort of rebuild mode, it makes sense. Especially with the coronavirus, not being able to have the meetings and, and whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a draft down to build up more capital for next year. But as long as we get a couple of, of blue chip players, I'm I'm quite content. And then a few, throw a few darts at the at the ball and see what sticks with with some of the later picks.
7: Yeah.
2: Also, oh. I want Edward Hilaire. I want him badly. a new MJD. He's
6: a bit of a fan. I want. Favorite.
2: He's a new MJ MJD version.
6: So that that's actually a question. Um, in terms of um Leonard Fournette, right? So. He started obviously adding the sort of catching um, ability to his to his repertoire last season. You know, he's, uh, so he started to have some good value in PPR. If someone like a Claudio Alaire comes in, you know, that's obviously going to eat into Fournette's work. Do you sort of see him as a sort of like the lead back? You know, from a dynasty perspective, or you know, do you, can you see them moving on from him?
2: I can I can definitely see us moving on from him after this season. Like, it doesn't, it just doesn't offer enough. But I, I love him as, as, I love his beard and his bald head. For, for me, he's never, he's never been that great, even no, though he's had a couple of nice games here and there.
5: No, Fortnite definitely isn't outstanding at all. Like, you know, he's had a few good, for Yugi games last year, but he's a troublemaker. And, you know, wants to get involved in fights and off-field stuff. And he has a lot of issues. And, you know, we'll see what he's got to prove this year. Um... But I just you don't think I don't think Fournette would be your, you know, running back of the future. I think he's gonna ask for a lot of money and Sean Khan, I don't think it's gonna give it to him. Like Maurice Jones Drew, another one. He wanted all that money and then he didn't get it, he got it somewhere else and he was awful the next year. So I think that's gonna to happen to Fournette. Um,
0: I think there's a lot of history, especially recent history with um uh, these elite running backs, once they sign their first deal post the rookie contract, things tend to go a bit downhill. So I can mm-hmm. see with someone like Fournette, especially as you say with the off-field stuff, why they may look to move on.
5: Like and the running backs don't last, you know. It's like the who's your longest one? Adrian Peterson still trying to do his thing, but he's had he had a year off and he came back. You know, yeah, Frank Gore, <laughs> Frank
0: Gore, yeah. A, yeah, ageless, the ageless wonder.
5: These guys Frank are still Gore trying, you know. But I was thinking like, so in the draft, I think in the first round, they need to go one defensive player and then probably one offensive. Like if Tua does somehow drop to number nine, I would say just take him. Just take him, you know. I doubt that's gonna happen, but if he does drop to number nine, take him. Otherwise I say go for like a defensive tackle or a defensive end like Derek Brown or, you know, AJ Finenza. You know, one of those guys would be great. And then wide receiver wise, I like Jerry Judy or CB CB Lamb. CB Lamb. You know those guys are amazing. So you got a yeah. really like big wide receiver class, but those are the two best in there. Like, just go for them. And, As and a lot of and it Parker out there.
0: Well, I was gonna say a lot of the previous conversations we've been having with you know fans of particularly the Jets, the Raiders, and the uh, Forty Niners, for example. There's a lot of teams just below you who need receiver. So I I see this as a window, either to take the number one receiver, um, whoever you think that is, you know, most people think it's Lamb or Judy, or trade that pick to somebody who's desperate for that Lamb, you know, for example. So I think at nine, you've got a lot of um, collateral there. What would you do if Justin Herbert falls? Is there any interest in taking a QB as, you know, talented as Herbert, who looked like he could have been the 101 last season?
5: Yeah, I think Herman's oh. going to be available though after number nine though, so I don't think. He I think there's more around.
2: chance at number twenty than number
5: nine. Yeah, so, I would take him though. Like you know, why not take him at number twenty if he's there? Hmm. Did you see if, if they take
2: up? him at number nine? I'll I'll down a pint of wine on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> if they take him at number
6: nine.
7: <laughs> well, he's he's
2: he's
6: moving up. If to go and get a like tour,
2: like, like uh, they, 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 to... they came out quite strongly the other day to say the job is min like they, yeah, fucking they... or Dave Cordwell. But,
5: but what, what, did, that's, what's that's just build confidence yeah, in the
2: dude, <laughs> but yeah, if they did go up, I'd I'd be surprised, especially as that all the moves they're making, so it seemed to point to them reloading for next year and then to, yeah. to give up picks to go for a quarterback who they have not even been able to work out themselves. It it would it would be strange. But then again, it's the Jags. So I'm not ruling it out completely.
0: I agree. I think the Jags are either going to hit gold with Minshew or they're going to target Fields or um, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence you know, next season. So yeah. that's where I see it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so just rounding and up could... then from a fantasy perspective. Um, so we know some of the obvious fantasy sort of... Um, darlings like your fournets like your dj charks but as fans are there any dark horses who fantasy players should be aware of particularly in dynasty people to add to the roster who could come up trumps
5: i like you know you you always got Connolly and westbrook you know but they're more of like bench players i would say um and then i don't know where marquise lee is going to be he's got talent but he's injury prone like he gets injured all the time he could be a big talent, but if he keeps getting injured, I don't know. But otherwise, I don't know. They're really even for me, when I pick fantasy players, the Jags I kind of stay away from. <laughs> Unless it's their defense. Um, Fournette screwed me over two years in a row. So I'm not gonna lie, Fournette's not gonna be at my number one. Or even in the top like three rounds for me. So but honestly. Just from the Jags, I don't see anyone that are dark horses either. We'll, but we'll see in the draft after the draft. You might find some people if we get that Jerry Jerry Judy or C D Lamp, You know yeah. that could be your dark horse.
0: And Charlie, what about the um, Same as uh, Shaji, or do you, are there some dark horses? Yeah, I mean
2: we just we have a load of receivers that are essentially the same person like Conley Lee Westbrook and Keelan and Cole. That, like they're who are like what they they not going to offer you anything on a week-to-week basis, I don't think. Love DJ Chart. Love Minchu, like I said. Yeah. Obviously, Fournette's going to get the bulk of the carries. The one person I would say, because I feel like we can't come on this podcast and not give anything, is the third-round tight end they took last year, Josh Oliver. Yes. Yeah, I, was, like I, was, I was hoping for a
3: dark horse tight end and Josh uh, yeah. Oliver being yeah. the guy. Yeah.
2: He, he only played four snaps. But listen, you wanted a dark horse tight end. There you are. Bosh. Third round. Hey,
5: Minshew's got way to target him then. Minshew
2: needs to start throwing it to the dude. <laughs> that, that's that's not up to me. If they wanted in a dark course. I delivered. They're, he's a, yeah, that's, that's a, good, that's a good sleeper. Job. He's a sleeper. Yeah.
0: but third round is no joke. That's a lot yeah, of Yeah, that's what I mean.
2: Before. Like if yeah, if he gets a full off season healthy, with Gardner Minshew. Like not, I think last year it was a bit messed up with Nick Foles. So who knows? Like I wouldn't be. And the second-year jump, I do believe in, especially for fantasy. So I wouldn't be surprised. And there's no other real competition for him there, right? It's not it's not like a stack. No. So I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes kind of sneaky hot towards as we come up to the season.
0: Well, as, as, a, as a fan who does have a bit of a vested interest in the Jags, I'm looking forward to seeing how the next couple of years go in particular. I think uh, there's going to be some big movers and shakers, a lot of draft capital. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, come rain or shine, we'll still be out in the jag suits when they come to London and showing the support. So um,
5: Yeah, I, and I'll be here on the Jacksonville side. I'll be there as many games as I can, you know. I'll be yeah. there supporting them.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I just want to say... Uh, sh- 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 yeah. sh- sorry, am going go say
5: on. one thing, though. With Jacksonville, yeah. if you guys ever come down here, you'll never go to a better tailgate than jacksonville jaguars you know that was one of the reasons i fell in love with the jaguars when i first moved here in 2000 and like nine you know i started like i'm just gonna go to the jaguars tailgate with my friends you know and we are one of the best tailgates but floridians like this jackville jacksonville jaguar like fan base we know how to party and that's why that those stands are filled with drunk people you've seen (laughs) the that second and it's like remember like who was it, with the Steelers they try to fight with or something? The yep. fans? But it is. The Jaguars just drink, party, and that's why the fan base is so strong over here for a city like Jacksonville. You wouldn't expect a city like Jacksonville to have a team like this, but we are We are the Jaguars. And you hear these Duval chants? We're chanting our county's name, Duval. <laughs> Who does that, you know?
6: Duval.
5: <laughs> Who does that? Who a chants our county's name? So that's why, you know, we believe in the Jaguars and I do think they're gonna win the AFC South this year. Because I think wow. that whole I oh, think wow. that whole like division is weak. The Colts that's are weak, take. the Texans are weak, and the Titans are weak.
0: Okay, so. <laughs> cool. J- Jigs, I think that's uh, another trip uh, we need to make. Yeah. Oh no, definitely, yeah,
5: uh, definitely rip rep the Jag seats in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys can crash with me, I'll bring you guys to the game, we'll have fun. <laughs> Sounds, Sounds
0: good. like a plan, yeah. Well, I just want to say, uh, Shaji and Charlie, big thanks for both of you for uh, turning up and repping the Jags. Uh, great insights. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what they do with the draft, particularly with the um, two first. And, uh, yeah, so good luck in the draft. Good luck with the season as well. And um, look forward to catching up with you both soon. Thank
2: Bye. you. Well. Thank you, gents for having me on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <awesome> i love it. it i love it take care guys Bye. See ya. okay so last up in the afc south and probably the team that's had the most uh, talked about free agency uh, of all 32 teams in the nfl it is the houston texans uh houston's a city that i love i've been to many times always look forward to going there And have a lot of great friends. And in fact, joining us are uh, some of my friends who are season ticket holders. So first up, we have Chris. Chris, how are you doing?
8: Uh, I'm doing great. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, we're doing okay. You look very comfortable there in the sun in Houston.
8: Yes, it's a very sunny day and I'm growing my corona beard out. Since I don't have to (laughs) sit in front of people.
0: (laughs) Excellent. So, So Chris, how long have you supported the Texans? How did that come about? And in fact, you're a season ticket holder as well, right?
8: That is correct. I've supported the Texans since day one. I became a season ticket holder in the second year of their existence. The first year I was at all the games, but I wasn't a season ticket holder. And then the second year of their existence, I became a season ticket holder and have been one ever since.
0: Amazing. And uh, I do have to just add that Chris, I know you make a lot of the food for uh, your friend's tailgate and it is exceptional, exceptional food. So you've always shown me great hospitality uh, at the tailgate and otherwise. So, um, you know, uh, thanks for all the great memories that we've had and look forward to many years of more memories as well.
8: Yeah, no worries. I I hope the same. And I hope we actually have a season, even if it's going to be a condensed season, and you can get some good Texas barbecue.
0: Absolutely. And then uh, we we also have Angela and Avan, who are also season ticket holders and, uh, in fact, also based in the bullpen area, which is essentially like the hardcore fan area. So, uh, Angela, Avan, how are you guys doing?
7: We're good. Thank we're you. We're good. Thanks.
0: Are you keeping safe in, in light of everything that's happening?
9: Yes, we're quarantined down with lots of beer, lots of liquor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way to do it Salute to well, them <laughs> So what, what's, your, what's your story with the Texans how, how did you get to supporting the Texans How long have you been season ticket holders
9: Well a good buddy of mine um, And we still to this day Do a shot to him uh, every game He got me involved And uh, became a PSL Holder from day one Year one season ticket holders ever since and big tailgate fans also
0: yeah and i do have to say in fact uh, your your tailgates are fantastic as well and your food's always great and uh, in fact uh, it's an amazing story that the first time me and my friend came to texas to watch a game we were in the loud jaguar suits we came to watch the jags we stumbled upon your tailgate we must have spent a good two hours there eating loads of food getting drunk and then you can't make this up. Angela and Avan were actually in the two seats right next to us. And I think that was a sign, if ever, that we were going to be friends for life. So um, I'll never forget that day. Um, even though we drank a lot, I'll never forget that day. And I have very fond memories of the whole experience.
9: That's where our friendship began. sure was. It was awesome.
7: It has been awesome ever since.
0: It has, and you are all, in fact, Chris included as well. Uh, There were, what, 30 of you, 35, 40 maybe, fans who traveled for the London game when the Texans finally came over to London last year. And uh, we had some great dining experiences, some great drinking nights. The game itself was fun. Um, I'm glad you guys finally made it to London.
8: I'm glad as well that we made it to London. I'm also glad we pulled it out uh, because that would have been very depressing to listen to you. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <we> <laughs> <it> so <far?
0: laughs> right so uh, you know there's there's a lot that happened in free agency but i'm sure our listeners are not interested in hearing about you re-signing darren Fells or your kicker kaimi fairbairn uh etc cetera, etc cetera. let loose we we've all been quite critical to put it nicely of bill o'brien so chris what are your thoughts on the uh DeAndre Hopkins trade, and have you actually overcome that yet?
8: I don't have a choice but to overcome it, but I don't like it at all. I think it's a bonehead move. I still think it's a bonehead move. I I, I, I don't quite understand it, and I understand it from the perspective of what we have to do in the future, which leads to some of the things that happened, I guess, what, this week uh, acquiring Brandon Cooks. I mean, we still have Fuller, but he's always hurt, so I, I just don't understand why they got rid of a one of the best receivers in the NFL, if, if not the best. And I understand they are trying to build around it, and it seems like he's trying to be, uh, I don't know, what's his counterpart that he used to work for Belichick? Like he's trying to be Belichick-esque uh, in his decision-making. I just don't know if he can pull that off. So it gets very concerning, especially with the fact that all we have is, now. well, we now have Brandon Cooks, but he has uh, a lot of concussions. I think he has one a year. <laughs> uh, you have Fuller. He stays hurt. He still hasn't learned how to maintain his body for the NFL. Uh,
0: Kenny Stills. Kenny same Kenny Stills. Story. Yep.
8: He's another older guy. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with the me. meat when he plays well, he plays well. But I just don't understand where they're coming from and how they're trying to rebuild. Uh, maybe Yvonne can help me, enlighten me on that. <laughs> but I, I, I personally, I just don't quite get it so but i have gotten over it because i have no choice but to look for it and look for the positive because i am a season ticket holder and i'm going to be there so i'm just going to see what happens
0: yeah well so, i'm
9: not over it yet <laughs> <laughs> i am definitely not over it
7: <laughs> well you know we still have Ray still having one rental Cobb, another older guy which is not too good he's not too quick on the feet anymore but, you know, he still, still catches the ball, but he's not at Hopkins, okay? I'm still broken by it, but, you know, like you say, Chris, we got to get over and keep on moving. You know, it's uh, football, it's a business, and, you know, that's what hurt us the most, it's a business. And when you got someone that can't get along with each other, that's what they do. They trade and fight and they get rid of them. So we got to live with it, and hopefully the ones we got make it happen, you know, with Deshaun Watson, hoping he want to stay there longer, but which right now I don't think he wants to stay too long because I think he wants to get out.
6: So how do you, uh, how do you think that's going to impact the season what's going to have obviously you lose one of your you know the, for me the best wide receiver in the NFL like that's going to have a negative impact surely for for him right or is he that oh, good you could probably overcome it uh,
7: that's really a negative that's a it's going to be really negative for us if these guys don't pan out it's going to be a, a downfall these guys need to need to show what they can do or else we're going to be in trouble
9: but not only that on the fan base side, I mean, I don't think that you can find a better group of uh, fans than Houston and to get them down and out, like uh, how they have been, it's going to take a lot for them to come back in and, and the players know how much of a support system that the fans are. And I think it's going to be a while for the fans to get over this. I, I feel like we regress to Gary Kubiak's time and, uh, uh, the coaching skills, and um, I'm I'm not happy with it at all.
8: Yeah, the only plus that I can see from what I've heard is that Bill O'Brien is only going to act as the GM and the head coach, and he's going to actually let uh, – what's his name? Tim Kelly call the plays. That's yet to be seen, but that's what the rumor mill is. He's going to actually let him call the offensive plays. I don't know that to be true. He seems like he wants to be everything and be nothing at the same time and keep us with a losing a losing uh, record.
9: But well, he couldn't handle coaching, let alone GM and coaching.
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds a lot like Adam Gase in New York. Sorry, unnecessary cheap shot there. but.
7: Well, you know, he tried to be officer coordinator too, which he couldn't be officer coordinator and a coach. He has to be one or the other. He Can't be three now, he can't be an officer's coach, general manager, and coach. Something's got to happen, you know.
0: Well, he's four, right? He's also a clown, so
7: um, <laughs> <laughs> we well, got that too. You know,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be. Talking about shots there?
7: <laughs> I could have said worse, but you know, I didn't want to come call him something else, but you know, he could have been something else,
0: yeah. So let, let's let's look at the players you did bring in. Then, what are your thoughts on? Let's start with um, David Johnson, you know, at one time the outstanding running back in football. And, you know, for what this podcast is, it's a fantasy football podcast. He was an absolute god for fantasy. But, you know, last year he got the injury, couldn't then uproot Kenyon Drake. But what are your thoughts having him at the Texans? Are you, you know, ignoring the contract that comes with it, are you actually positive about having a potential elite talent at running back again?
8: I'm not sure about that as well because we have a tendency to pick up things that people don't want and then we have to have a wish factor that they remain the same as their past instead of picking someone that obviously has a future I would much rather pick someone up out of the draft that has potential that's a little younger or what have you and then have someone that's a little beat up and we tend to pick the beat up I mean I guess we're being cheap I, I don't know I'm not that excited. So you got David Johnson and you have Duke. Um, I guess they're trying to spread out the targets. Because I guess some of them could, one of them could be like almost like a slot. I guess David Johnson can kind of function like a slot or something. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. I'm still trying to figure that out.
9: Well, I'm just going to throw this in there. They could have saved some money, uh, you know, with J.J. Watt. They could I have... You know, I, I think he's uh, he's had his uh, glory days and we could have had a lot of money to get us some um, new, fresh players.
0: That's interesting, because J.J. Yeah. Watt, if anybody sort of epitomizes that uh, H-Town uh, culture and, you know, he did a lot for the floods and stuff. But do you think that as fans, you would have been able to see past all that and think that that was the right thing for the team if they did trade jj what
7: well you 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 needed someone you got rid of dj reader let dj reader get away from you You need somebody to come along you know to take the place of clowning why i mean jj and everybody else you know we we, we're hurting right now on defense which which we've been for a while but we have no pass rushes but you know business is
9: business and you know like Like, the football side is making their decisions, then, um, you know, it just kind of does a full circle, you know. For the community, great. Run for mayor. But for football, (laughs) we need somebody that's tough. Okay,
2: I'm
0: going to try and and get an objective perspective on this then. So, uh, Mo, you know, with, with everything that's happened with the Texans, I mean, they are a team that won the division, but as an as an outsider, what are your thoughts on the Texans' chances in that AFC South, and who do you think takes it down this season?
3: Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't believe they're gonna win the division this year. I think there's too much competition there between the Colts and the Titans. I I, I mean, I, and I think I think there's just, uh, as you can tell, a major disarray. I still like Deshaun Watson as a fantasy player. Um, I, I am, I'm actually going to look on the positive side, and I think David Johnson is going to be awesome. I think he's an awesome addition. I think your line still needs help, which I think you'll probably address in the draft. But um, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say going to make the playoffs. But I think fantasy wise, I think you have certain players that can make some noise.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. What What about the fans' thoughts then, Chris? Do you think? Uh you think you'll make the playoffs? Do you think you can still win the division in spite of losing a nuke?
8: We've done it year in and year out despite of what's going on anyway. So, of course, I think we can do that again. The problem is moving past that step. It's, it's not satisfactory just to make the playoffs. That's not a satisfactory outcome for any Houstonian and anyone that likes uh, Texans football. And that's the real issue. It's not just making... A, a round or two of the playoffs it's making it to the big show we've been around for a long time and we haven't been there so that's the real crux and that's the real problem and that's what they need to be need to solve and that's why people are so upset about him getting rid of a star player in the midst of everything that's happened in houston in the past
0: yeah understand and then angela even, how do you feel about the um playoff chances for this season
9: well, I think we'll go win the division. We always do. That's what we do. But getting beyond that, like Chris said, is is um, our problem. But I hate to say about you know, we are the worst division out there. So it's not too hard to win that uh, division. But um, what, getting past that, I don't know. What about you, babe?
7: Well, I see us winning. I see us going past. I see us going. I can see us going past winning the division. Uh, I don't know how many playoffs games we're going to make, but I know we can. We can at least win the division. What's going on in our division? Like she says, one of the one of the most. Uh, I mean, not too good of a division we are in anyway. But I think we can win. I Maybe mean, we can go farther if we get these guys to stay healthy. We can stay healthy and get a line, get a few linemen that'll make it happen. And our running backs stay healthy and great. I think we can do that and then we go farther. Hopefully.
0: So do you think that's the big need then for the draft, the linemen.
7: Well, we need linemen for sure. We need some offensive linemen that can protect Watson. As long as Watson got time to play, he got all day. He's good.
8: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you you give Watson time and let him drop back in the pocket and give him some comfort level that he's not gonna get leveled from his blind side. He, he 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 can do some awesome things. I mean, also I think they need to concentrate on the offensive side. I mean, I know we got some. Uh, uh, we kept what fails. For, for uh tight end, and we had another guy for tight end uh, as well. But Atkins? Yeah, we had Atkins. Yeah, but, we but they really need to concentrate. I mean, one positive is the O-line that we had last year, For far as I know, is going to be the same O-line as this year. So they've already played together for a whole season. So it's always good when someone's played together for a whole season and they have a cohesive group returning for the next season to play alongside with, with each other, whether you think they're a great O-line or not. At least they're familiar. So that may help, but we're lacking a lot on defense.
7: Well, so, we do have our rookie coming back. We do have our rookie coming back from last year, O-line, man, that got hurt and was doing pretty good for he got hurt. So he may be back in the mix. If he's okay. back in the mix, we'll be all right. What do you sure. guys think of your – um?
6: Your tight end stable, um, you know, I guess from a fantasy perspective, obviously, re signing Darren Fells, but you've got a very young sort of core there with uh Jordan Thomas, Jordan Aikens, and mm-hmm. a guy that I'm interested in is um Kahali Warring, who was obviously out injured all of last season. Can you see any of these guys making a splash this year, or
8: I would be concerned. Oh, I see, that uh, can Go ahead, Avon.
7: I see Atkins and Fels doing a great job. I see them doing well. I mean, Atkins and Fels did a great job last year. Fels did a marvelous job. Fels did great last year. Sure. They did a marvelous job being tight ends, being, you know, some of them just getting in the league. So I thought they did great to be just, you know, just fresh out of you know, off the street or wherever they come from.
8: What I was going to say from a fantasy perspective is the problem, not from a production of the guys themselves, because we, we tend to want to run the ball. And not throw the ball, and so I don't know if they're going to get enough touches for fantasy purposes to mm-hmm. get in the end zone and get your seven. Yeah.
6: So you think you think that sort of plays into David Johnson's kind of hands then, as a you know, obviously targeting the run game heavily. You know, if he could stay healthy. Correct from
8: a fantasy perspective, certainly. You're doing fantasy with the Texans. It's going to be wide receivers and the running backs.
0: Yeah, and what, speaking of wide receivers, what are your thoughts on then someone like a Kiki Kuti? He Sort of fell out of favor with Bill O'Brien, but he is quite a quite a well, you know, came it came into pro football as a highly regarded slot receiver, but fell out of favor. So, what are your thoughts on them for this him for this season?
9: He can't stay healthy either. Kiki's
7: he's not a good part. He's he's out. not healthy.
9: He's out more than he's in.
7: Uh, He's gonna be hard man out because of the fact he's not. He's gonna be hard man out due to the fact that he's he's not really that productive productive type of guy we need.
0: It's interesting. Yeah, I did at once upon a time have a few shares of Kuti, but never really produced and uh, sort of lost faith in him as as it turned out. But uh, seems like a bit of a running story. You got talented receivers, but injury prone receivers, and that's the worry. You know, I'd have. If I was a Texans fan there.
7: Hey, but think about one thing. The deal's not found out like with nuke yet. They still gotta pass physical. There still may be some problems there. Johnson may not pass. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: I didn't realize you're nuke still cutting off to those straws.
7: <laughs> hey, you know, you yes. still you still may not have a deal because an injury pro Jones Johnson may not let him get in. You know, may not be able to work.
9: I Amir, mean, that's A-Man and his conspiracy theories. My conspiracy theories. theory, hey. <laughs> I
5: say, that's ain't done yet.
7: NFL, NFL ain't had physicals yet. Once they have physicals, then we say it's okay. But uh, right now, I don't see him out here yet.
0: <laughs> you got to love fan optimism. That's why we're all fans. That's why we love the game.
7: <laughs> yeah.
9: <laughs> and I hear that story every single night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I absolutely love it, and uh, believe me, uh, I completely understand as a, as a fan as well, when these things happen, you think, no, but w- what if, what if this happens, what if that happens, um, so, you know, I mean, uh, look, for all, all the fun we've had over the years as, uh, you know, somebody who's got a bit of an interest in the Jags, I, I do obviously love all my friends in Houston, you guys are like family now, and uh, I do really wish you good luck for the draft and for the season ahead. Uh, I'm going to be watching with intrigue uh, as to what happens because I think that's a bit of a wide open division. And funnily enough, all four fan sets uh, or sets of fans, I should say, have now said they think they're going to win the division. So um, <laughs> I think that just demonstrates, you know that how open it sort of is. But uh, just from me, I want to say, Chris, you know, huge thanks for joining. Can't wait to meet you guys in person again, hopefully this year. And Angela Ivan, again, you know, huge thanks for joining. Uh, some great insights on the Texans. I hope we gave you the opportunity to vent on O'Brien that you were probably looking for on a public forum as well.
8: <laughs> well, thank you much for inviting us. It was, it, it was, it was fun.
0: Excellent, and we look forward yeah. to having you on again uh, post draft or during the season as well.
8: Well, we're we're dra- we we're we'll be... position. <laughs>
9: I think I'll be blocking you though um, for a while. I don't want to hear the snide remarks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I can't help myself after all the crap you uh,
9: We know.
7: <laughs> it's all love. But thanks for oh, having us, Amir. Yeah,
9: thanks oh, for yeah. having thanks us. Thanks for
7: having us, Amir. And uh, you be safe over there and take care of the corona best way you can because we're going to drink it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys stay safe. Everyone stay safe.
2: Cheers,
7: guys. You
0: guys. Stay safe. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Good to see you, Chris.
8: All right. You too, guys. Y'all have a good Bye. one. Take Bye.
0: Take care. All right.